Today on Locked on Sox, we set expectations for the White Sox player no one can seem to agree on, Yoan Moncada. You are Locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked on Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. All is a very important word today. We're free and available on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at Locked On Sox. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You might be wondering, where is the music? There's some big, important housekeeping. If you go to Locked On Sox Twitter, you can go see a very important video that I made and posted to Twitter promoting our YouTube channel. Hey, this is the first YouTube show. You might be you might be able to see me. Hi, how are you? Hi, mom. You might be able to see me for the first time. We are now on a video platform as well. So you get to see us each and every day. Right now it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but you know, at some point it will be each and every day. Very excited to talk to you on here. It would mean the world if you went to our tweet at Lockdown Socks and subscribe to that channel. You might think you're already subscribed to the Lockdown Socks channel. Herb and Tanny took their channel with them. So you might still be subscribed to Herb and Tanny's channel, but not my channel. We have a new channel. We have new episodes. We have new content for you. Go over there and subscribe. It would mean the world to me. On today's episode, it's a very important episode, not only for the YouTube reason, but on this episode, we will be setting informed expectations for Yoan Moncada's 2022. We'll talk about who he was, who he is, and who we can expect him to be in 2022. Two, all right, because a lot of people are slandering Yohan Moncada on Twitter. I think Steve O'Brien said the only more boring content in the world uh, than Yohan Moncada's slander is Wordle content. Um, I can't play Wordle on my phone. My mom's trying to get me right. I have an iPhone 7. You can see this on YouTube. I'm pulling apart my phone. Whoa, that's crazy. Um, I can't play Wordle. So all your Wordle stuff bores me, bores me. I'm not joining the family group chat, mom. I'm sorry. I'm not playing Wordle. My phone's broke. I'm here to talk to you about Yohan Moncada, who he was, and why I think White Sox fans can relax a little bit on trying to take down one of the Sox's best players. So first, let's talk about who was Yohan Moncada before he came to the White Sox. Moncada was signed from Cuba by the Boston Red Sox in March of 2015 with a record of $31.5 million of a bonus, uh, which was nearly previously doubled the uh, previous record for Aroldis Chapman, who was around $16 million. So he was the, the thing out of Cuba back in 2015. Moncada began playing in Series Nationale as a 17-year-old, and immediately he was noted bull for his raw skills on the field, posting a 388 OBP in two seasons as a teenager in Cuba's, Cuba's highest professional circuit. Um, the team that he played for, uh, Cienfuegos, uh, might ring a bell. Uh, Jose Abreu played for that team as well. So, um, you know, he was he was up against the major league guys uh, and, and posting a 388 uh, OBP as a 17-year-old. Real stuff. This is from Eric Loggenhagen's uh, 2016 scouting profile on Yohan Mankata. He writes for Fangraphs. He said, while we all understandably been following and analyzing his progress and development in anticipation of things to come, possibly lost on us has been that Yohan Mankata is already a significant historical figure in baseball's history. 
His departure from Cuba with the country's unexplained blessing came at a time when the public just began to understand what his predecessors and their families endured during their defections, just as relations between the island and the United States began to change. He symbolizes the end of an historic era of Cuban baseball excellence, the most remarkable talent in a wave of defectors who have left the country, at least momentarily, dry. This is very important because he was one of the first players to able to circumvent the typical uh, Cuban nature of protecting their players and ultimately putting those players that would defect from Cuba in very dangerous uh, situations. You might remember 1997, Al Duque was stranded in the middle of the sea on a rock during his uh, defection. Uh, Jose Abreu had a difficult uh, trip uh, from Cuba to the United States. Uh, and, And Jose Fernandez, the former Miami Marlins pitcher, he tried four different times to defect from Cuba. These guys did had, had a very difficult route to, to get off the island, and they didn't have passports. Uh, Cuban Baseball, the Federation, holds on to their passports and their names on a list. So if they try to leave the country through an airport, they're not allowed because they don't have a passport and the Federation won't allow it. Another reason, too, is airfare is expensive and these guys don't make enough money to properly afford airfare. Their only route of getting off the island was you know, dangerously defecting uh, through, you know, just boats or any possible you know, way of travel they could find to get across the, the sea. Moncada took a different route. He convinced the Federation that his heart was no longer in baseball and resigned not just from the national side of baseball, but also from Cienfuegos, uh, the, the Cuban baseball team. And not only did he not play in 2013, he gave the impression that he could have been done with baseball entirely. So he took a year off and he then went to, I think it was Nicaragua, uh, and, and he worked on his, his, his game there. And you can just see now that path be played out with, you know, the White Sox most recent signing in Oscar Colas. Him going uh, to Japan was part of his way to get away from Cuba and then ultimately come to the United States. That's why he didn't play baseball for last year. That's why a lot of people aren't worried because that's just part of the way that he is going to get to the United States and play for a United States ball club. So uh, it is very interesting, the historical significance that Yohan Moncada does hold. And I think people forget this. I mean, Yohan Moncada was not only dealing with a ton of pressure, big signing bonus, the first player to circumvent Cuban rules of defection. And you'd think that this player who is now seen as, you know, Cuban's top baseball player, young baseball player uh, with the big signing bonus, with the pressure of, you know, getting away from Cuba, you think that it would build up on him. Uh, He was fine in 2015 uh, with the single A Red Sox affiliate. Uh, The Greenville Drive had 17 players who had either major league experience or reached the majors. Uh, Rafael Devers, Michael Kopech, Michael Chavis, Mauricio Dubon, just to name a few, right? Moncada on that team with 17 players who had major league experience or reached the majors, um, and some of those were pitchers and some of those were batting, so maybe the batting isn't as impressive as I'm making it out, but Moncada was fourth on that team in home runs, seventh in doubles, he was tied for second in triples, sixth in RBIs, he led the team in stolen bases by 27, he led the team in walks, he was fourth in on-base percentage, fourth in slugging percentage, and he only played 81 games. He stole 49 bags in 81 games and led the team in walks. The 2015 A, uh, the 2015 single A Red Sox affiliate, the Greenville Drive. Moncada 
played 81 games where Rafael Devers, Michael Chavis, these guys who made the major leagues for the Red Sox teams, they played well over 100 games. Moncada was the best player on that 2015 team. After that season, Baseball America ranked him the third best prospect in all of baseball. In 2016, he had an OPS over 900 in advanced A and double A ball. And then he made the majors with the Red Sox on September 2nd, 2016 against the Oakland A's as a 21-year-old. This kid skyrocketed through the through the through the minors. He skyrocketed through Cuba. He has produced at every single level. And I want to talk about who he has now been with the White Sox. We're going to take a quick break. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Why will you want to eat it? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And you might say, well, I could just have a candy bar. Listen to this. Most candy bars contain around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. These are healthy treats and they taste incredible. And you have so many flavors to choose from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Go try out all of their great flavors. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I'm still getting used to YouTube. I'm still getting used to the flow of talking and not being able to stop and edit myself. So if that first segment was a little bit rough, I apologize that the second one will be better. We're going to continue about talking about Yohan Moncada. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms, YouTube, iTunes, and now YouTube. Very important. Go subscribe at Lockdown Sox on Twitter. You could get the link very easily there. It's pinned on our profile. You can click the link. Go subscribe. You will not regret it. Very, very, very important. Now, I ended by talking about Moncada just made the majors with the Red Sox back in 2016. Only played eight games uh, with that 2016 Red Sox team. I think probably because they knew they were going to trade him. They traded him that offseason on December 6th, 2016, along with Michael Kopech, Luis Alexander Basabe, and Victor Diaz for Chris Sale. Let's go Sox, baby. It worked out for both teams. The White Sox got Yuan Moncada, the third best prospect in baseball in 2016. Michael Kopech, who I think now he probably worked out for the White Sox. Luis Basabe didn't have a great career with the White Sox, ended up being uh, let go. I think he was DFA'd, picked up by the Giants. I don't remember how he did, uh, but he was uh, definitely an interesting prospect. He was, a, I think, a top 10 prospect for the Red Sox at that time. And Victor Diaz, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't do too much research on because it wasn't, this video isn't about him. The video is about Yohan Moncada. So, uh, you know, Chris Sale, though, ended up winning a World Series, recording the final out uh, for the Red Sox in 2018. So I would say the White Sox getting Michael Kopech a potential future ace and Yohan Moncada a stalwart now at their base for Chris Sale. It was a good trade for both sides. Now, 
This is something that I thought was very interesting from a 2016 scouting report from Fox Sports about Moncada. They said one notable thing with Moncada and the build he's added since coming stateside is that he's both maintained his speed as he's added muscle and he's not put on bro muscle, which is something many players fall victim to, putting on muscle that looks good on Instagram, but has no usability in the game. And they talked about his build. He started at 205. They thought he would go up to 225. And that's his current playing weight. And that was something that I'm uh, very interested in because we're talking about now who he is, right? Who he was, this great prospect, tore up single A, 49 stolen bags, leading the team in walks. He was doing that in Cuba. He has a ton of pressure on himself, but clearly, I mean, so far he's been able to handle it, um, making a ton of money, 31.5 bonus, the biggest uh, uh, bonus ever given to a Cuban player, right? A lot of pressure on Yohan Moncada. And the thing that really stuck out to me there was from that scouting report was maintaining his speed as he added the muscle. And he continued to do that with the White Sox, ended up moving him from second base, which was his natural position, to third base. He wasn't the best at second base defensively, negative four defensive runs saved over 1,700 innings. At third base, negative one defensive run saved over 2,700 innings. He has been a very good defender over a very long time, and he's played a lot of games. Uh, He's dealt with COVID. He's dealt with a lot of nagging injuries. He's dealt with a lot of leg injuries as well, but he's still been able to play a lot of games for the White Sox. But the big thing is the speed. The speed is something that we really haven't seen from the White Sox uh, in in Moncada's time as a White Sox. Moncada's stolen base totals for the Sox in 2017, played 54 games with the Sox, He stole three bags and was caught stealing twice. In 2018, he played 149 games, stole 12 bags, and was caught stealing six times. In 2019, he played 132 games, stole 10 bags, and was caught three times. Then in 2020, he played 52 games, zero. Zero stolen bases, zero times caught stealing, didn't even attempt it. In 2021, 144 games, three stolen bases, two times caught stealing. So in 2020 and 2021, that speed that made him so dangerous, such a unique player, has fallen off. And, you know, he's able to steal. He's able to get on base uh, still. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. He's still able to draw those walks. He's still able to get to first base. But the stealing, the speed is something that has fallen off in his game. And that's something that I'm worried about. I'm pretty sure it's mostly due to just aging in general. Um, and there's a quote that I, I have to, to prove that or not prove it, but to support that. A little bit later, but Moncada sprint speed measured by Stetcast has also just dipped. 2017, he was in the 91st percentile of sprint speed, and over the past three seasons, he has been outside of the top 30 percentile. So he was top 10 percent uh, in in sprint speed when he came into the majors uh, as a White Sox. We'll count, you know, that's when he, I mean I'm not counting the eight games of the Red Sox when he made his debut with the White Sox. The first 54 games in 2017. He was in the top 10%, technically top 9% in sprint speed. Now, past three seasons, he hasn't even been able to reach the top 30. So that's where I'm a little bit concerned. What are those leg injuries doing to his speed? And is he truly the big threat that you know we were promised? Because the, the power's gone down too. Usually, I mean, we can look at Mike Trout. Mike Trout has been slowing down and he's he's lost his ability to steal bags and he's also been injured uh, on the bases and Moncada's done that as well you guys notice the glove that Trout wears Moncada's worn that a couple times stealing the bag and making sure that when you're diving out you're not bending your thumb back and tearing a ligament Trout did that he's missed games 
and he's turned himself now into a walk machine and home run machine, and he's he's losing his speed. Moncada, I'm worried about that, and why people I think get so inflamed about him is the home run totals aren't there. The power seems to be falling off. That's something that I worry about. And this is from Eric Longenhagen's uh, 2016 scouting report. Uh, he said, others think he'll slow down as he aged the same way Mike Trout has and still have an impactful but no longer elite speed. I tend to fall into the latter camp because father time will come for us all, including Yohan Moncada's legs. But I do think he'll be at least a plus runner deep into his 20s. He is still above average. So he still has above average speed, but that elite speed, that's already gone from his game. So something that he needs to improve on is that power. And to Eric's point about Yoan Moncada's speed, yes, he is not in the top 30 percentile, but he's still above average. So like he said, I do think he'll be a plus runner into his 20s. And he still is a plus runner. You could still see it. He's still able to leg out triples and doubles. He still is very fast, but he is now selectively using that speed because of the injuries that he has suffered. But again, people worry about the power dip- dipping I still think that he's figuring out his hitting. His eye and his plate discipline has been heralded since he was a young player. We brought it up 388 OBP uh, in Cuba as a 17-year-old. And now he was 10th in walks last year in the MLB. He was the 10th player who drew the the 10th most walks in the MLB. And one thing, too, is he only had one intentional walk. Guys on this list like Bryce Harper, uh, Shohei Otani, uh, Juan Soto, those guys had 15 plus intentional walks. So yes, that shows the power threat and the, the, the damage that Otani and Soto and Harper can do. But Moncada drew 85 walks just by himself. Not, not no free passes here. 85 walks just straight up, which I think is one of the, I think would probably be like top five if you take out intentional walks. So Moncada is very elite at drawing walks. There's a reason why we bring it up. And you look at the the slugging percentage of the players that are in the top 10. Freddie Freeman, who had 85 walks, he had a 503 uh, slugging percent. Carlos Santana, 86 walks, 342 slugging percent. Vlad Jr., 86 walks, 601 slugging percent. Matt Olson, 88 walks, 540 slugging percentage. Uh, Shohei, 96 walks, 592 slugging percent. Robbie Grossman, 98 walks, 415 slugging percent. Bryce Harper, 100 walks, 615 slugging percentage. Uh, Joey Gallo, 111 walks, 458 slugging percentage. Juan Soto, 154 walks, 534 slugging percentage. Mancada had a slugging percentage of 412. StatCast had an expected slugging percentage of 422, but honestly, if you look at his 2018, very similar power. Uh, output from Yohan Mankata in his 2018 and 2021 year. The big difference is those walks. He wasn't 10th in walks that year. And if you look at the power, 2018, he had 136 hits in 2018. He had 137 hits in 2021. He had 32 doubles in 2018. He had 33 doubles in 2021. 17 home runs in 2018 and 14 home runs in 2021. We saw him make an adjustment in 2019. I want to talk about that. We'll talk about what to expect from Yohan Mankata. But I I still want to remember and remind people he's 26 years old. There's a player that we'll talk about in the next segment that was also 26 years old and had similar stats to Yohan Moncada. And there are questions and talk about him right now that if he didn't do some things in his career, he's a Hall of Famer. So it's an important conversation coming up. I do just want to mention our good, good friends at Bet Online. 
I'm excited to talk to you about Bet Online, the new exclusive sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage are the best in the business. From sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline.net. They have a new updated mobile and desktop website. Again, they are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you for watching the first YouTube episode. Again, go to our Twitter at LockedOnSocks. You can subscribe there. It would mean the world. I hope it translated well to the audio platform. Uh, I, I will turn this into a well-oiled machine, but uh, there, there are bound to be a few hiccups. So I hopefully, oh, you know, hopefully everything was all right. I do want to mention tomorrow, which is Friday. You know, Today is February 2nd. Happy Groundhog Day on February 4th. I will be talking to Janice Scurio. She is the co-host of the Northside Sox podcast with Sam Sherman. She writes for Southside Sox, the SB Nation Sox site. She writes words for Sports Illustrated and NBC Sports Edge Baseball. And finally, she wrote the essay for the Baseball Prospectus 2022 guide. I just picked that up. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to talk to Janice about what she wrote. So excited for that. And again, subscribe to our YouTube channel. The support means the world to me. And I want to talk to you again about what to expect from Yohan Mankata in 2022. I want to talk to you about his hitting because, again, his power was comparable to 2018. Similar amount of doubles, similar amount of home runs. He did have less triples. I think he had six triples in 2018 and only one triple in 2021. But again, I'm worried about his speed. I mean, his speed has fallen off there, and I think the speed could be connected there. But he still did have less extra base hits uh, in in 2021 than he did in 2018, which is still a fair criticism. But I do want to just recenter where the conversation should be. Fox Sports wrote this about him uh, before he was a, a minor leaguer. This is prospect scouting report. They said the loft in his follow through does not allow for lift in Mankata's swing and his bat speed and tremendous strength would suggest there will be plenty of power to come. But Mankata's bat path through the zone is pure and line drive oriented, which should lead to a ton of doubles for sure, though it won't surprise if he ends up putting out a 25 plus home run season. And surprise, surprise, he did that once in 2019. But, you know, the power hasn't lived up there. But I, I'm, I'm saying that the expectation shouldn't be 25 home runs for Jan Mankata. If he gets 20 home runs, I think that is a good power production from Jan Mankata. The biggest question is, what were the triples like? What were the doubles like? And what, what did the walks look like? And I think that Mankata is truly becoming comfortable in the major leagues. This guy had to figure out a way to escape from Cuba as a young 19-year-old, lived up to, you know, has to lift up to all the expectations that he set for himself in Cuba, all the expectations that he set for himself in the minor leagues, try to become a, you know, star player on the Red Sox, and then has ended up trading to the White Sox and trying to prove himself to 
Jose Abreu, who, I mean, is, you know, all these Cuban kids, uh, you know, heroes. I mean, Jose Abreu, again, the Cien Fuegos connection, Juan Moncada was well aware of uh, who, who Jose Abreu was. He's coming to a rebuild where now he has to live up to those expectations and play along Jose Abreu. And I think that you're kind of asking for too much if you think that he hasn't lived up to the expectations. In 2019, 5.6 war season. I mean, that is exactly what you were promised from Yohan Moncada. In 2021, a 4.5 war, he was slightly under what you were promised. Baseball players will ebb and flow and rise and fall. And Yohan Moncada, as a 26-year-old, is still getting used to a new language, a new country, a new lifestyle. He is trying to also you know, play his ass off for the White Sox. He played the second most games for the Sox last year. He is hustling out there. I mean, I don't know what you're, you would want more from a baseball player. Yohan Moncada shows up every day. He hustles. He does his best. And honestly, like a huge, huge thing in baseball is surviving the season. I mean, it is a marathon. You have to finish it. And, you know, now it's important on what his work is. But Joe McEwing described him as a proud individual. And if he doesn't make a play, you could see it on his face. He doesn't want to let anybody down. And that means he doesn't want to let Jose Abreu down. He doesn't want to let Tim Anderson down. He doesn't want to let, you know, Luis Robert down. He doesn't want to let Tony La Russa down. He doesn't want to let Yasmani Grandal down. He doesn't want to let down all of the players uh, that that he represents with Cuba and, and, and all the players that he represents that have defected or weren't able to defect. I mean, there is a lot of weight on Yohan Moncada's shoulders. And I think that he's dealing with them very well. And I think that this could be a very, very important year for Yohan Moncada. Now, I expect him to continue to slash his Ks and increase his walks. I think that you could probably see 90 walks from this year. I mentioned the issue that, you know, his swing is very low ball oriented, orientated and he struggles with pitches up in the zone. But one thing that was very promising to me was on August 25th, Patrick Nolan wrote an article describing how Mankata was struggling versus the fastball. Um, and on August 25th, when that was published, Mankata versus the fastball, a 193 batting average and a 235 slugging percentage. He finished the season against fastballs with a 237 batting average and a 404 slugging percentage. So he went from 193 to 273 and 235 to 404 in just the final, you know, month, you know, probably what, 30 something games. I mean, he had three home runs in that span, uh, 314 batting average. He improved and he was able to bounce back. He showed fight. And I, I'm, 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 I love what I see from Yohan Moncada. I think there's a couple things that you can be concerned about. His speed, his speed isn't what it is. And, and his speed is declining. You know, what type of player does that make him? His power, I think that with his speed declining, he does need to become more of a power-orientated player, whether that just means more doubles or triples. I mean, he needs to hit more extra base hits. I don't think that necessarily means needs to be home runs. Um, and then the final thing that I would say that he struggles with is, again, those high fastballs. But he's been able to make it work, and I think that it's an adjustment that if, again, he's going to lose that speed, he needs to make up for it. He needs to be able to then pound everything that comes into the zone but he has a great eye he's able to determine what is and isn't a strike and the more and more that this guy that that has been a baseball god a baseball cuban god for his entire life you know i I think that it's something that he could make work obviously the swing profile is something that that will make difficult but that is on him to make those adjustments and improve 
as a player, but he's shown that he has the ability to have improved as a player. A couple final things, because I'm a little bit scattered. Um, 2019, you also have to remember there was juice balls. There were 6,776 home runs hit that year. In 2021, there was 5,944. So there's also a different ball being used for the power. So I, I am a little concerned about his power, but you just can't look at 2019. His power is similar to 2018, and the balls were similar to, to, to the home run production was similar in those two years, 2021 and 2018. So I'm not that concerned about Yohan Moncada. I think that this is a very important year for him, but when he was coming out as a prospect, Jonathan Mayo described him as Robinson Cano with more speed. Cano played second base, and he played more games from his ages of 2022 or from 22 to 26 uh, than Moncada did from 22 to 26. But Moncada obviously had a shortened season uh, due to COVID. Cano didn't. But Cano, at age 27, after you know his 22 to 26 years, he finished third in MVP. He won his second Silver Slugger and his first gold glove. He had a career high at the time, 29 home runs, and posted his second career high in uh, baseball reference war at 8.1. He also posted a career high in walks. I think that Moncada, again, surviving those seasons, growing, learning how to become more comfortable in the major leagues, I think that this could be a big year, just like it was a big year for Robinson Cano. If you look at Dan Zimborski's zip projections for 2022 on Fangraphs.com, uh, he's projecting Moncada's season as 622 plate appearances, 260, 346 on base, uh, 445 slugging, uh, 115 OPS, 3.2 WAR, 20, uh, 30 doubles. I'm sorry, 30 doubles, 21 home runs, 67 walks, and 167 Ks. I wouldn't be shocked to honestly see better numbers from him. I think that you can expect, you know, like a 270 batting average from Moncada. Uh, a plus 355 on base percentage, a plus 425 slugging percentage. I think that he will have a better season than what Simborski is projecting because Simborski is still using and the projection as the projection, the computer is still, you know, seeing the, the the high K and walks rates from 2018 when 2021, he showed he was a completely different player. I mean, again, top 10 in walks, 80 walks uh, for, for Moncada last year, and he's cut down strikeouts significantly. Uh, 217 back in 2018, 157 in 2021. Uh, he had 154 too in, in 2018. So I, I think that, or, sorry, 2019. So 2019, that big year uh, that he had, you know, similar amount of strikeouts, uh, but he's improving his walks uh, from, from 2019 to 2021. So I, I think that you can see the pieces being put together for a player who is hitting his prime now to finally put it together. I think that people are just being extremely, extremely pessimistic. Thank you for listening. I'm very excited to talk about uh, the White Sox in 2022 with Janice Scurio. Again, she wrote the baseball prospectus essay for the 2022 baseball guide. We'll be talking to her tomorrow. Please, please listen in. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Again, I'm very excited to talk to Janice Scurio. She wrote the baseball prospectus essay for the 2022 baseball guide. I will talk to her about that on Friday. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Now go make your second listen. Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I will talk to you on Friday.